What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from Catholic morality to spirituality to relationship advice, evangelization, catechesis, dogma, etc etc i will then spend time with your questions i will pray with them i will study and hopefully i will get back to you with advice with a response that is good for you to become a saint in your walk toward heaven but my disclaimer is this and has always been this i'm not perfect therefore the advice i share with you might not be good for you if that's the case then i want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that i say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with the lord but if my advice is helpful though difficult then I really want to encourage you to lean into Christ in Scripture, Christ in the sacraments, and Christ in service to the poor, so the poor, so that our God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship in your walk toward heaven. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can also hit me up with your questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. Uh, you can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. This helps people find out about the show. And you can share us on your social media pages as well. If you want to stay in touch with me, you can uh, get some of my books from ascensionpress.com, Broken and Blessed, An Invitation to My Generation, Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and Pocket Guide to Adoration. Those are all available at ascensionpress.com. And, uh, and you can also get our book that we co-authored together myself and sister josephine garrett and gloria purvis and bishop joseph perry among others on the uh, black catholics on the road to sainthood uh, via our sunday visitor and so with all that being said uh, let me give you some insight into the topics for today's show today's show we're going to talk about mindfulness meditations right let's just get there let's go into controversy uh we're going to talk about jesus and uh, whether or not he has siblings or not let's keep it controversial and finally we're going to address how do we live with joy and when we already pray we fast we study but we just seem joyless how do we live with joy but before we get into those topics i want to share with you a glory story All right, so my glory story is this, y'all. God is, he's so generous. He is so good. I just, I've been so aware of my poverty lately. Um, not like financial poverty, but just like poverty. Like I have nothing. In the words of Whitney Houston, soon to be Saint Whitney Houston, if I become Pope, first canonization ever Saint Whitney Houston, I have nothing, nothing, nothing if I don't have you. Oh, God, you, my Lord, I love you. Yes, Holy Spirit, I need you. Yeah, so um, I had just been so aware of my poverty. And, um, and it's been so cool how 
when I am aware of my limitations and like I just have nothing else to give, I go to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and I tell him, God, I don't know what else to do right now. I don't know what to say to this person. I don't know what to preach for this homily. I don't know what to present for this class. And he's been so generous. He's just been giving it to me, like literally infusing me with his grace. And I'm so grateful. And that it happened uh, a lot lately, but even like recently, this uh, yesterday, it happened yesterday. Yesterday, I literally had nothing. And I, I told God, I said, Jesus, like, I'm tired. I'm tired, Jesus. And, and I just don't know. I don't know. I have nothing. And so I went to the Lord in, in the Blessed Sacrament and he literally filled me up and he, uh, I perceived him. I'm going to say I perceived, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm infallible, but I perceived him give me content for some stuff and, and, uh, the content was received really well. And so, yeah, I'm just, ah, oh, he's so good. So I guess the glory story is that like I'm poor and when I'm weak, he is strong. And so if you are feeling overwhelmed right now, if you are feeling like you're just poor and you have nothing to give, just go to God. Say, God, I can't, but you can. You promised you will. So do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing, Jesus. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing, God. We trust in you. Yeah, we trust in you. Yeah, we trust in you. Yeah, whoop, nah, whoop, nah. All right. Now, let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> get into the feedback. Feedback is from Manny. Manny says, hey, Father Josh, thank you for responding to my question. Some months ago regarding holy dating, I wanted to share that your advice came at a turning point in me and my girlfriend's relationship. And it's been such a blessing. Blessings on blessings on that, 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 that. We've been growing closer. The closer I get to you, Jesus, hey. I can feel your grace. Mm. And then it goes like this. Mm. Over and over again, I try telling myself that we... So my bad. Uh, we've been growing closer to Christ and one another and long distance, though difficult, seems less daunting knowing that God is the one who fulfills us and is at our center Additionally, you sharing the example of St. Joseph was prophetic, given this year dedicated, dedicated to him. Brothers from my parish's young adult group and I will begin our preparation to consecration to St. Joseph next month. Oh, that's awesome. Please pray that we all become the men Christ calls us to become, as we are also praying for you. Thank you so much. God bless. Pax Christi. Man. Manny, thank you so much. I am so grateful, and I need your prayers. I need uh, I need your prayers and I'm so grateful for them. And um, yeah, man, Joseph is, he's the man, St. Joseph. He is such an, uh, just a model for Christianity, a model for discipleship. So yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great, man. Praise God. Let's go ahead and uh, get into the questions for today's show. First question comes in from Sean. It's about mindfulness meditation. Hello, I'm Sean. I have a question pertaining to meditation. I was wondering if mindfulness meditation is okay for Catholics to practice. I did it a couple times in the past and it was very calming and beneficial, but I know it has origins outside of Catholicism. If mindfulness meditation is wrong or not fruitful, are there alternatives that are? Best regards, Sean. So, so Sean, I think that this is a, a really, really great 
question. And so I think it's important that we make distinctions. Uh, so first of all, what's mindfulness and what's meditation? I think when we have a clear definition of terms that we're using, then we can uh, more appropriately address the question. So what is what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is simply keeping watch over one's mind, right? The Bible tells us over and over again, be watchful, be watchful, right? Um, so uh, St. Faustina, uh, the Lord instructed her to mortify her mind. And so I think that it's, it's one thing to, on a purely psychological level, mortify our mind, be ascetical with our mind. Like we're ascetical with our body, right? We are ascetical and we do penances. Like right now it's Lent and so we're fasting with our body. We fast from food, we fast from pleasures, we fast from, uh, some guys are doing Exodus 90. They, they take cold showers instead of hot showers. They sleep on the floor instead of the bed. They don't, um, have, you know, whatever, uh, pleasure, any kind of like uh, snacks between meals, pleasure with food, no salt, no pepper, no seasonings, very bland. And so they're ascetical they're, um, with, their, with their body. We should also be ascetical with our mind, keep watch over our mind. Not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about spirituality. I'm talking about purely psychological. We need to deny our mind at times. St. Faustina was instructed by the Lord to mortify her mind. Uh, one of my good friends is Dr. Morris Acosta. He had a really good podcast with my other good friend, Dr. Tom Neal. Recently, a few uh, weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, and they spoke about asceticism of the mind. You should definitely check it out. Um, but Mario actually gave some advice to me. This is not spiritual, like purely psychological. I called him and I was like, dude, like I'm struggling with sleep. I'm like not getting rest right now. I'm going to bed. But then I like, I wake up a couple hours later, like two hours later and I'm up. And, and typically I've, I've been like this for, you know, years, maybe like one day out of the week, but like Recently, I went through a season where it was every single day, y'all, it was miserable. Like every single day I would go to bed and I would wake up immediately within an hour or two hours and be wide awake. And so just been exhausted. Like I've been so exhausted because of it. So I called my buddy, Dr. Mario. I said, dude, like he's, one of, he's a good friend of mine and um, great, great counselor, great therapist. He's not my counselor, my therapist. We're just friends, but he's a good one. So if you're looking for one, check him out. Uh, he has a great podcast called Always Hope. But I was like, dude, like I'm not sleeping, man. And so like, uh, you know, I got some melatonin and like that, that that helped a little bit, but not too much. And I got some other stuff and it helped a little bit, but not too much. And he was like, he said, you need to be ascetical with your mind. He said, like, if a thought comes to your mind, like past like eight o'clock, deny it. Like, I don't care how good it is, how wise it is, how holy it seems. God wants you to reverence your body. Like you're not going to be an effective priest if you're tired all the time and if your body is like dying on you. So like whenever you get these thoughts, just deny them. If it's of the Lord, he'll give it to you the next day when you're when you're awake in the morning at an appropriate time. And so I began to do this. Like I began to go to bed and I get all these thoughts about ministry and about prayer and about these different ideas of things I could do to build God's kingdom. And I just deny it. I say, no, I'm not. Nope, not engaging you, not thinking about you. If you're of the Lord, you'll come back tomorrow. And I go to bed. And then when I, if I do wake up at like two, knowing my mind already has like a million thoughts in it. And I just, I say, nope, I would not think about any of you. I would not engage any of you. And I go to bed. So it's been really beautiful. So that would be like watchfulness. If you don't like the word mindfulness, use the word watchfulness, right? That's just a purely psychological thing. Sometimes we get so caught up in words and terms because they have connotations with new age movements. So give it a different name. I, I was doing marriage prep with a Protestant recently and, uh, and the Protestant's a faithful Christian and uh, he's marrying a Catholic girl. And he was like, look, Father Josh, like, uh, I, I love coming to your church and I, I love 
having conversations with you about the Lord, but you know, I just I struggle with some Catholic church's teachings. He said, like, for instance, like purgatory. And I was like, all right, cool. I said, so it sounds to me like you are caught up in the, the, the word purgatory. I said, so let me ask you this. I said, do you believe that when you die, you're going to be, you're perfect? Like you are like perfectly clean. He said, well, no. I said, okay. Well, John says in the book of Revelation that nothing unclean will enter into heaven. So if you die and you're not perfectly clean, how do you get, how do you get to heaven? Well, it's by the grace of God, but it's clearly God's grace has to purify you. It has to cleanse you. Uh, restore you, renew you so that you could be perfect. That's what purgatory is. It's that process of being perfected, right? So you're caught up in the word purgatory, but you believe in the concept of purgatory. It's just the word you don't like. So sometimes we get caught up in these words. We're like, well, I don't like mindfulness. So, so change it. Call it watchfulness. Like call it something else. So mindfulness is a purely like psychological practice. If someone wants to do mindfulness meditation, that's a spiritual practice, and that is not what we do as Catholics. Now, what is meditation? All right, so now ne- next part, part two. Meditation is is not emptying ourselves like people do in other New Age um, communities. Meditation is chewing on the Word of God. Meditation is chewing on God's Word. What is God's Word saying to me? What is God's Word saying to me and sitting with His Word, sitting with His voice that is revealed to us in the sacred scriptures? So, so I think it's important that we say one can meditate before they do a practice of keeping watch over their mind, being visual over their thoughts, being ascetical with their, with their imagination, being mindful, whatever word you want to use. So you can meditate on scripture, meditate on the life of Christ, meditate on the mysteries of the rosary. Then you could have your mindful time of like purely psychological. It's not a spiritual practice. It's a it's a mindful. It's a, it's a purely human thing, and then which is you know can be helpful. Um, and then you can sandwich it with more meditation uh, before you go to bed or or whenever you need to in, in the day if that if that helps. Um, like silence is not meditation. Like silence is silence. Breathing is not meditation. Like these breathing exercises are purely exercises. Um, so mindful exercises are not meditation. Uh, so we just need to be clear, I think, with like terms. So if you are saying, I want to do mindful meditation, as in make a spirituality out of mindfulness, yeah, that could be potentially sketchy. And that and that's what we don't do. Um, so uh, what we do do, though, is we reverence the psychological. And that's why I always tell people, get a counselor and a spiritual director, right? Both in, not either or. But to, to make distinctions between this is what the spirituality is, it's meditation. This is what, which is scripture. And this is what the psychological practices that could be helpful, beneficial for you, which is watchfulness of the mind, asceticism of the mind, mindfulness of the mind, whatever you want to call it. So did that make sense? Because, yeah, because I know, yeah, I think sometimes we get so caught up in these terms that we automatically assume, oh, this must be that new age stuff. And it could be, it could be if you actually make mindfulness a spirituality, but if you're not, then uh, it's just, it's just paying attention to be clear. That's what keeping watch is. I'm paying attention over my thoughts which we all should do at all times anyway, keep vigil. So hopefully that wasn't too controversial. Uh, Yeah. Next question comes in from Anonymous, and it's about Jesus. And did he have siblings? Speaking of meditation, we meditate on the life of Jesus. Hey, Father Josh, thank you for all your work with this podcast. My question concerns the references of Jesus' siblings in Scripture. In Mark 6, 3, Matthew 13, 55, 56, Galatians 1, 19, there are mentions of Jesus' brothers and sisters with specific names given. How does the church reconcile this with the virginity of Mary and Joseph? More broadly, how did the church come to the conclusion that Mary remained a virgin since this is not explicitly stated in Scripture with specific, with such specific references to brothers and sisters of Jesus? That is a really, really great question. 
Um, so a few things. Number one, whenever we try to understand like scripture, we have to like keep in mind that it was written like this is Greek, Hebrew Old Testament, Greek New Testament. The Greek word for brother is Adelphos. And Adelphos has a much bigger meaning biblically than just like a biological blood brother. It is not restricted to a blood brother. It's not restricted to a half brother. And the same is true for the for the word sister, Adelphe. I think as I said in Greek, my bad. <laughs> uh, so uh, if you even go back to the Old Testament, Hebrew, like whenever you see brother, it had like a huge range of, of meanings and it literally could refer to any male dude in your family that you were related to. Uh, so just like we use the word like our fathers, like not when we talk about our fathers, like that's not our literal fathers all the time in the Bible. Uh, the same thing is applicable to our brothers. It could be my blood brother. It could be my half brother. It could also be my cousin. In Genesis uh, 14, 14, Lot is called Abraham's brother, but we know that Lot was not Abraham's actual like brother. So he was his kinsman. That's just the word uh, that was used because there wasn't really a word for cousin, right? They didn't have like necessarily like cousins as a, as a word that, that could be used. So the word brother literally meant uh, cousin. It meant uh brother in Christ, like you're my brother in Christ, you're my sister in Christ. It meant half brother, it meant full blooded brother. So it had a wide range of meanings. Simply put, when we read about the brothers and sisters of Jesus, we're reading about the kinsmen, the cousins of Jesus, um, other people um, in his life. And so that's kind of, when we go back to the Greek, we recognize, oh, wait a minute, the Greek doesn't actually mean necessarily blood brother. If Mary anticipated on having children, then whenever the angel Gabriel appeared to her and told her that she would be the, you know, be get pregnant at some point, she would have not responded the way she did. Like she was like, How's this gonna happen? Because like I made a vow of virginity. Like she was betrothed to Joseph. So theoretically, like, if an angel came to her, she could have been like, Well, duh, I'm gonna get pregnant at some point. I'm already betrothed to Joseph. Like the next step is I'm moving his house and we're gonna make babies. Like that's the normal thing that most people do. But she was like, How would this be? Because like I don't plan on ever entering into the marital act of the two becoming one flesh because she planned on being a, a, a virgin. That was a thing that people did is in the Old Testament. There were people that entered into marriage, Jewish marriages, where they never intended to become one flesh with each other. They intended to live as celibate brother and sister. And that's what Mary and Joseph had discerned and decided upon, which is why for her it was such a big deal. Like, whoa, hold up, angel. Like, what do you mean now? Okay, like, clearly you're the Lord. So I believe that this seemingly impossible thing can happen and will happen. If Mary had other kids, then according to Jewish custom, they would have had to take her in. So if she had sons and daughters. Jesus would not have given her to John at the foot of the cross. But because she had no more kids, she needed someone to take care of her because she was a widow. Joseph was dead. Her son who was taking care of her, Jesus, was about to die. So that's why he gave her to John, the beloved disciple. So yeah, and then another thing that oftentimes comes up with this question is, well, what about when it says like Joseph and Mary did not do et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until the word until doesn't mean that something had to happen after, right? I cannot drive a car until I turn 18. I turn 18 doesn't mean I'm going to drive a car. It just means I can't drive it until I'm 18. Um, I think it, in the Old Testament, there was that figure, Michael, I think her name was Michael. I think it was a female, Michael, Michael, something like that. I forgot her name, but it says she did not have kids until the day she died. 
Does that mean that she began to have kids when she died? No. So the word until does not necessarily mean that it has something happens after. Uh, Jesus says in the, the, the scriptures, I will be with you until the end of time. Does that mean that when time ends, he, he's going to leave us? No, he ain't going to leave us. He ain't going nowhere. So the word until doesn't, does not necessarily mean that something had to happen after as well. So hopefully that was helpful for you. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about joy. I got the joy, 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 joy in the Lord. Hey. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, which is Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely assents to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where we offer a liberal arts curriculum buoyed by the sacraments. This empowers you to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu or call 1-833-AMUSWFL. And we're back. Quick reminder, you can keep me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash Josh. Rate us and review us on iTunes. That helps other people find out about the show and share us on your social media pages. Last question comes in from Jim. Thank you, Father Josh, for your weekly podcast. Not sure how to ask this correctly, but I'm a devoted Catholic. I pray, I study, I fast. I love the Lord and I really feel it, but I get very disappointed in myself that I do not reflect the Lord's light well or have that joy. I definitely let earthly concerns get in the way. Maybe this is the weeds parable or maybe a lack of trust. Would appreciate any advice. Thanks, Jim. Jim, that's a really good question. So, number one, I don't know. But what I spent time praying with for you was this. Number one, don't focus on your lack of joy. Focus on Jesus. Sometimes we get so caught up in like where we're lacking and we look at that. And like the Lord's like, don't focus on that. You focus on me and I'll give you my grace and my will, my way, my time. And if I want you to reflect my light, I'll let that happen. But like, don't focus on that. Focus on Jesus. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on who you do have. You do have Jesus. So don't worry about the what's. You have the who. It's not so much about what you're going through. It's about who you're looking at. So I would encourage you to look at Jesus. As you look at Jesus, ask him this question. Look, Jesus, are you disappointed in me that I don't seem to reflect your light very well or have that joy? And if Jesus says no, then who are you listening to who is inviting you to be disappointed in yourself? It sounds to me like you're listening to the tempter, the father of lies, the accuser of our brothers, the one who discourages us, Satan. And so stop listening to Satan. Don't look at him. Look at Jesus. And the more you look at Jesus, the more you can hear Jesus Christ say to you how proud he is of you, how much he loves you, how much he delights in you. And that's all that matters. And the more we receive his delight, the more we'll begin to delight in ourselves as we are. Right? Some people might have that kind of personality where they more easily reflect the light of the Lord. And other people might reflect the light of the Lord, not necessarily in their personality, but in their actions. And so I just want to encourage you, don't look at yourself. Don't look at the stuff. Just look at Jesus. When you go to prayer... Listen to him ask you this question. Who is your God, me or you? And Jim, I know you're going to say, Jesus, you're my God. So Jesus says to you, Jim, well, if I'm your God, then why are you focused on yourself more than you're focused on my love? I love you. Is that not enough? 
Is my love not sufficient? If my love is sufficient, then just be with me as I'm with you on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All right, y'all. I'm about to go to bed. Deuces. <laughs>